Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, aka your dating app partner in crime. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for listening on Dating Intentionally. I'm helping you get to know yourself better so you can date in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values and, of course, have fun in the process. If you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it review it, share it, shoot me a DM or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm on Instagram at dating.intentionally and I'd love to know how this podcast has helped you in your dating journey. Okay, today we're talking about sex in early stage dating. I want to say up front, if you know me in real life and we've never talked about sex, get prepared to know me on a more intimate level on this episode. And I mean, I'm sharing a lot. And if you don't know me in real life, great. I'm glad you're listening. Sex is low-key one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, Before I learned how much school it involves, I really wanted to be a sex and couples therapist. I want to say in this episode, I'll be focusing a lot on heterosexual dynamics, but I do think the tips I'm sharing regarding communication and boundaries are applicable to everyone engaging in any physically intimate activity with someone new. On this episode, you're going to hear a little bit about my experience, so you know where I'm coming from. We're going to talk about safety when having sex with new partners, when to actually have sex with someone who's started dating, how to set and communicate boundaries early on, how to talk about what you want and like with someone new, and how to manage having sex with multiple partners in early stage dating if that's something you're doing. I'll also cover a few listener questions and share the worst but funny, not actually bad, experience I had having sex with someone new in the last year. Buckle up. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to start with my experience. Again, if you you know me well in real life, uh, you know, listen at your own risk. Um, But basically, I will say off the bat, I'm a very sexually confident person. I know this is really, this is going to sound horrible, but growing up, I kind of absorbed the message that my worth as a woman comes from what I can offer a man sexually. So I better be good at pleasing him. And it's really horrible when I think about it, but that message came came from Cosmopolitan, movies, you know, TV and stuff like that, where it just seemed like the most important thing that I could learn how to do as a woman was like, please a man. Of course, that is not the message that I encourage, align with now, and I grew out of it after college. But what that resulted in was that like I started having sex earlier on, like in high school, like sophomore year. And I basically had as many partners I could have at that point, which, you know, again, just having that experience led me to become more confident in the bedroom than I am in other parts of life. I know that's not the experience of a lot of folks who might be listening, but I hope that I can send some of that confidence your way. I hope I can give you some tips in this episode that you can implement uh, no matter where you're at with your confidence level with sex stuff. And it's tricky. Like this topic is, they're so hairy. It's, there's so many things at play. Like there's so many different dynamics and it's hard. So if you feel like you're struggling, uh, know that it's very difficult even for someone like me, and I'll get more into like my challenges, but this episode is going to be very like advice heavy. Another thing to know about where I'm coming from, I've always been able to separate sex and emotional connections. Again, this is going to sound so bad, but like I was the person in college that like had sex with all of her guy friends just because. Why not? You know, it was just something to do, I guess. And it was no problem for me to have casual sex. If anything, it's easier for me to have casual sex than it is for me to make an actual connection. But again, I've grown out of all that. That's like all what I'm talking about is really like in high school, college. By the time I was dating my ex who I was with for six years, like I've really grown out of pretty much everything. And I was very intentional coming into my year of dating to do things differently. 
and to really put the tips I'm going to talk about in this episode into practice. A habit that I worked really hard to break this year in my dating experience is using sex to quote unquote hook a guy or get them to like me. In the past, I definitely have used sex to kind of get a guy really into me because again, I'm really confident and I know that it's going to be usually a pretty good experience. I worked very hard and I successfully broke this habit and instead just relied on my personality and the connection to get a guy interested in me, which again, I wasn't really concerned about because as an intentional dater, I was more focused on whether or not I liked them. So again, that's another thing that I worked really hard on this year to stop doing, which I successfully did by the time I met my now boyfriend, GB. I was not doing this, so it, but it was hard. It was hard. I really had to work on trusting my self-worth and developing that um, and and really leaning into everything I bring to the table, which is so much that has nothing to do with sex. So I just wanted to add, throw that in there just so you know like kind of what my journey has been this year. And uh, if you relate to that, please let me know. Shoot me a DM. So in the last year of the 64 people I went out with, I think I had sex with about 28% of them. You know, I was entering the dating pool in my early 30s. I'm 30. And I thought that guys would be better at this point, uh, but I was wrong. I experimented a lot with timing, right? Like what, like first date, second date, third date, like when to actually do it. Uh, I experimented a lot with communication and boundaries and all that stuff. But again, I'm coming from the place of feeling very confident and control about this. Like I really know what I'm doing. I feel like I have a very strong handle on this. Um, I'm a, I feel like I'm a master at communicating in the bedroom and it's just so much easier for me to communicate what I want in that context than like emotionally in a relationship. I don't know. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. I guess let's just say the bedroom is my comfort zone. That being said, let's talk about safety. So this is something that comes up a lot, especially when you're dating. It's like, how can you be safe when you're having sex with people that you just met online or you're that you're dating multiple people and so are they. Like it's a lot to navigate and it's not the most fun topic to talk about, but you've got to do it. Here's my approach. So I got tested for SEIs, pretty much everything you can be tested for right before I started dating on the apps, which was necessary for me because my ex and I were not fully monogamous during a relationship. And I'm happy to talk about that in another episode, but we did engage with other couples and it was smart to get tested. In this year of dating, I always talked about STIs before having sex with someone new and I always use protection, but I didn't ask for proof. I was kind of going on the honor system here, right? It's like, have you been tested? When was the last time you got tested? And they just say like, oh, I got tested a few months ago, whatever. I never followed up or checked, right? I know for me, I know when I was tested, I think I got tested twice in the last year or even three times. I know I got tested right before or right around when I was getting into this relationship I'm in now, just to be sure, but I always used a condom. And like I said, I've had a lot of experience. So I'm just going to say this and I hope that I can reduce the stigma around this, but I have had chlamydia twice. It's super easy to treat and straightforward, but it's scary because it doesn't have any symptoms, which is why getting tested is so important. Even with the protection and all that stuff, I still ha- got it twice. Again, it wasn't a big deal in the end. You take a pill, it goes. You can't have sex for a week, and it goes away. You're fine. But I just want to know. I want you to know, like, if anyone is out there dealing with any kind of SCIs, you are not alone. It's okay. You can still work through it. And I just want you to know, you're not alone. 
I'm also on birth control. I've been on the pill since I was 15. I'm really happy on it. And I've never once had any pregnancy scares. So I'm just trying to paint you a picture of like, I'm a pretty sexually active person. These are the measures that I take. Condoms, a discussion, birth control seems to work for me. Um, Obviously, I in this process, it's not like I'm just having, like I said, I only had sex with 28% of the people I went out with. I'm not having sex with everyone I date. There's definitely a vibe check there, which we can talk about a little bit later. So yeah, there's also just, I guess my gut is a big part of making the decision of like who I want to actually get physical with and who I don't want to. I know this sounds so dumb, but like Google it if you're curious because there are a lot of different ways to approach safety with sex. And I want you to read up on it and pick the right one that works for you, what you want, what you're comfortable with. There is no shame in that. There are a lot of different ways to engage in sexual activity with people that will be safe for you. My way is absolutely not the only way. So I just want you to encourage you to do some research. It's worth it if it'll give you peace of mind and you can learn about different ways that would work for you. Um, and get tested. Just do it. Uh, my health insurance does not cover it, so it was not cheap to get tested three times this year, but I am really glad I did it. If you don't know where to start, I would just look up SCI tests, testing in your area. Start there. Go to a clinic. Make an appointment. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's like a regular doctor appointment, and they, there are different ways to do the test, but I'm telling you they're not intrusive. There's no shame in it. It's really – I mean, it's pretty ideal if you're out there on these streets dating – It's better to just do it and have peace of mind. The next topic I want to talk about, which comes up a lot, is when do you have sex with someone new? The challenge is you want to be able to engage in sexual activity in, you know, the first few weeks of dating, but it can get confusing because you're not sure if they're looking to just sleep with you or if they're genuinely interested in you. So I'm going to talk about my approach and I want to say there's no way to wrong. There are exceptions to every quote unquote rule. These aren't rules though. It's an approach. It's just a it's just one way of many ways. Here's my approach. I don't recommend having sex on dates one through five. This is again, this comes from what I've tested. Okay, just me, but I've tested this. First date, too soon. It's probably not gonna be good. Why? Because it's really hard to have an emotional connection, which is what makes sex really good on the first date. And you barely you're still perfect strangers. It's kind of awkward. I've never had good first date sex. I've had some solid one night stands, but that was like back in college when I was easily impressed. At this age, with the intention of seriously dating and trying to find a partner, first date sex just isn't generally worth it. Second date. So I've actually had some solid second date sex after a lot of sexting though, which we can talk about in another episode and a little bit later. I do think it's still too early if you're looking for a relationship, but you know, there were definitely some situations where I knew I wasn't going to like that the person I was dating wasn't relationship material, but I was still kind of curious. So I would go home with them on the second date and knowing that it wasn't going to last or continue, but whatever. I was just curious. If you're out there to have fun, you can own it. Okay. If you're out there to date seriously, maybe not the second date. Third date. So hot take. There is nothing more cliche than third date sex. It's just predictable. It's overdone. Of course you can do it. I think by the third date, you're probably fine. My ex and I had third date sex and it was okay. Uh, You know, having it that early didn't affect the trajectory of our relationship. And that's an argument for like why this maybe doesn't matter. Because again, there are a lot of people out there who met their long-term partners and had sex on the first or second or third date and it was fine. So again, take this with a grain of salt. But if you want to know if they're really into you, it's worth waiting. 
Uh, really, and also you want to consider at what point you feel safe being in private with someone, right? You feel safe being in someone's home or having them in your home. Is it on the first date or second date? Probably not. You know, you want to get to know them, make sure that you actually feel safe with them. It takes time. So fourth date, at this point, I would probably do some first, second, or third base stuff, you know, making out, hand stuff, maybe some mouth stuff. By fourth date, okay, fine. I personally like not going all the way to sex on the first, like I mean penetrative sex, because obviously oral, oral sex is still sex, but you know what I mean? I don't, I kind of think it's fun to test the waters a little bit before taking the plunge. Just a, just a thought. Fifth date. By the fifth date, you've probably determined whether or not their relationship has some legs and maybe you've gotten to know each other better. You've had more experiences. You've gotten the vibe. You probably kissed at this point. You probably flirted a little more, established some kind of connection that would make sex better. Again, the decision is up to you. You can wait till the 12th date. You can wait till the 24th date. It really doesn't matter. It's all about what feels right for you. I used to be a strictly third date sex girl. I think I waited until the seventh or eighth date with GB, the guy I'm seeing now, and I'm really glad I did. At the end of the day, if you're looking for a serious relationship, the sex will be better with someone you have an emotional connection with, which takes time. If you wait, you'll know for sure if you are or and if they are interested in a relationship. If you wait a little bit longer, you're going to make that decision with more information. That being said, sex matters when making the decision to if someone is going to be a long-term partner or not. So you don't want to, I mean, if it's important to you, you don't want to wait too long because that's part of your decision, presumably. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you on this topic. So please DM me at dating.intentionally. So let's talk about how to set boundaries early on. This takes practice, but I encourage you, first and foremost, know what your boundaries are. Think about how you'd feel, you know, inviting a guy back to your place. When does that feel right to you? Think about going back to their place. When does that feel right to you? Think just to kind of imagine these scenarios and think like, okay, how would this feel physically? Would I feel safe? Would I feel excited? Or would I feel, you know, have negative feelings like kind of apprehensive or nervous? You really have to trust your gut here. There is no right or wrong. And if you know your boundaries early on, you are then able to communicate them ahead of time. I used to do this all the time. So there was someone that I went on a couple of dates with and on the, f- the fourth date, it was near his house. Like the bar was like right next to his apartment, I think. Before the date, the day of the date, I was like, hey, looking forward to seeing you later. By the way, I just want you to know I am not ready to go home with you after this date. Just setting the expectation now. I'm not going to go home with you after this date. Like something like that. And he was like, hey, no worries. Thanks for letting me know. I don't know if I needed to do that, but I felt a lot better going into that date knowing that I had set that boundary before. So there's no weirdness during the date or after there's no pressure or anticipation. He just, we both knew after the date, I was going to go home and he was going to go home and we weren't going to do anything. So that's an example of how you can kind of set a boundary while dating, before dating, if you're not ready to sleep with one, someone, which again is totally okay. It's okay if you're not ready to sleep with someone. You know, it's all good. In the moment, let's just say you are with your date, you're at their place or they're at your place, things are heating up, you can draw the line wherever you want. And if they don't respect that line, you have every right to get out of there instantly. It's better to communicate the stuff before if you can, but again, in the moment, totally cool. Here's what I used to do. Again, when I was dating, I am now just dating one person and it's going great. So when I was getting physically intimate with someone, I would just say this, this is as far as I feel comfortable going right now. 
Like I would kind of, you know, again, take a break to say, this is as far as I feel comfortable going right now. And that could be if you were making out or if you're doing like over the over the clothes stuff or under the clothes stuff or whatever. If you start feeling out of your comfort zone, please draw that line. Don't worry about their feelings. Seriously, it's it's more important to protect yourself at this point. Be selfish. Here's another example. I invited a guy over to my place for dinner after a few dates and we transitioned into my bedroom and we started kissing and he asked me, do you have condoms? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not having sex with you. <laughs> like just straight up. And it was fine and we did other stuff, but I just was like, don't, I just kind of nip that expectation in the bud. Like, yeah, I have condoms and I am not ready to have sex with you. So deal with it. Another strategy I like to do for boundary setting is modeling consent. So Again, I'm someone who like I like to take control. I like to take the lead. Taking the lead in the bedroom actually makes me feel a lot safer. And I will usually tell that to guys. Like, let I'd be like, let me take the reins. Let me drive it. Let me be the driver. And they were fine. Most of them were really, I mean, actually all of them were really fine with that. I like to model consent and say, is this okay? Like if, you know, whatever I'm doing. And like if I was like going to unbutton their pants, is this okay? I don't think it's typical for a woman to ask a man that in these situations, but again, I'm modeling it. I want, I'm, you're kind of, I'm showing them what I like so they can kind of do it back to me. And the good ones would take my lead and ask me as well. And other ones would be like, yeah, of course. You know, like it, it was definitely a little awkward, but worth it. Consent is hot. Okay. If you're with a guy or if you're, you're with anyone and they're like, is this okay? And I can understand how some people will be like, wow, it's a turn off. They're like not confident. But at the same time, it's like they are really caring about your needs and your comfort level and your safety. And I think that is so hot. When it comes to boundaries, be blunt, be clear. Do not be afraid of hurting their feelings. But to do that, you need to know where your lines are and you need to be true to yourself. Sex, like you should feel as comfortable as you can feel. I understand like there's nerves and maybe you're worried about lack of experience or what, whatever else, like there's a lot of stuff that can get us in our heads about sex. But ultimately, if you don't feel comfortable, draw the line, set the boundary and or just get out of there, right? That's okay. Don't worry about their feelings. They're an adult. They'll figure it out. If all you feel comfortable with is them just touching your knee or your arm, that's fine. You are in control. If you feel spooked, leave or kick them out. There is nothing sexier than feeling safe with a new partner. And you can tell them that. I used to tell guys that. Like, I really like to be, like I said earlier, I like to be in control. I like to be the one to drive, especially in the first few physical interactions. So I would like tell a guy, like, I don't like it when someone touches my ass on the first kiss. It's too aggressive. It's too sexual. It's, it's, I don't want it. Some would do it anyway. And they just didn't make it to the next date. Other situations, like I had a guy who complained uh, twice about wearing a condom and I cut it off immediately. I mean, sorry, I cut it off with him immediately. <laughs> I just said, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see you anymore. He was really immature. Um, I also went out with a guy who didn't want to compliment me during intimate times, which is something I said I liked. And I ended it the night after he left because I was like, you know, if you can't, that's like kind of like, if you can't meet my needs, I'm not going to even give you the time of day. If someone has a problem with your boundary, that's not a red flag. It's a deal breaker. That is a, like you lose, like it's over. That's how important your boundaries are. So I hope that you can take some time to think about them. And of course they can change, they can evolve. You know, they're not, they're not hard, you know, and fast rules. Just think about them 
And you can adjust them with every experience based on what information you gather as you go through this dating process. Let's talk about how to talk about what you want with someone new, which can be kind of awkward, right? Uh, I think that talking about what you want um, is really hot. It's a really great way to get in the mood. Don't be shy. Laugh at yourself. It's kind of silly. I would say in these situations, I would be the first one to ask what they like. And some guys have clearly never been asked that question before, which just blows my mind. And, you know, some people just didn't really say much, but it gave me an opportunity to tell them what I like. You could talk about it before you even touch each other. I generally had this conversation before getting intimate, like, again, with clothes on, lying in my bed or on the couch or whatever, you know, just kind of like, okay, this is on. Let's talk about it before we do things. This is another reason why I really like sexting before the first time you have sex with someone new. It builds anticipation and you get to learn what they're into. You also can learn what kind of partner they might be if you are an advanced sexter. It's a skill, but you can you can kind of get a get the gist. And we can have a whole episode on sexting. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Also, I just want to give you a heads up. Just because you say what you want and like does not mean they'll listen. That to me was a pretty surprising thing. Like I like I will repeat myself over and over. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> can you slow down? And it's like some of the guys I was with, they had just one default speed. You know, I think I believe that you should treat new sexual partners like a blank slate in a way. Don't try to pull out all your tricks. Don't do what your ex liked because everyone's different. You know, go slow. Keep a general kind of middle of the road, whatever you're doing. Take this amazing opportunity to explore and not assume what that you know what they're into. And just everyone listening, just ask. Ask what they like. Then hopefully they'll ask you that back. And if they don't, tell them what you like. And if you don't know what you like, this is where, again, exploration, masturbation, and other experimentation really comes in handy. I highly recommend, if you can, if this is something that's really new to you and you're really uncomfortable with this, I get it. I empathize with you. And I have a book recommendation for you. And that is the book, Come As You Are. The author is Emily Nagoski. I hopefully I'm saying that right. This book is amazing. It's written for women, but I think men or anyone, any person should read it too. Uh, but it definitely is written as like, it's kind of like a manual for women, to be honest, or people with uh, vaginas, vulvas. Um, you know, like it really does walk you through the anatomy. It walks you through sexual, like, like the chemistry in your brain of like what happens when you're having sex and how... Uh, sex drive works and doesn't work, you know, all this stuff. It's really fascinating. It it seriously is such an amazing book. I read it this year. I highly recommend if you really don't know where to start or have a lot of healing to do when it comes to your relationship with your body and sex. So if you're in a situation where you really don't know what you like, the book Come As You Are will absolutely help you. Don't expect new partners to know what you like and you shouldn't expect yourself to know what new partners like. That's the that's the great thing. That's kind of the myth of experience. Experience is fine, but every partner is going to be new. So your experience with someone else might not even really help you that much with a new person. So this blank slate situation is great if you feel like you're not super confident in how much experience you have. Because spoiler alert, everyone's different. doesn't matter how much experience you have with one person. The next person is going to be different. And when it comes to showing someone what you like, if you don't know the words to describe it, you can always guide someone. So there is um, a situation I had with someone this year 
where we were intimate and I kind of took his hand and I guided it around the areas I like to be touched and the speed and the pressure and all that, like my hand was on top of his hand. It was really great. He got the crash course. And again, this is a result of me really knowing what I like. You know, I wanted to show him. I want to have a good partner is focused on their partner's pleasure and vice versa. So he was very enthusiastic about this crash course and how how I like what I like. So there's no shame in wanting pleasure. There's a lot of pleasure to experience and you deserve it. You deserve to experience it. So teach them. No, learn it yourself and then you can teach other people. So I want to talk about how to navigate sex when you're dating multiple people. So this is something I did, but I would say like I wasn't really like overlapping that much. I would say a hand, most of the guys that I had sex with in the last year, I pretty much only had sex with once. So again, there was very little overlap. But you do not have to share that you're having sex with multiple people. And the reason I say that is because when you're dating to find a relationship, it's not necessarily something you want to dangle in front of their face. It just doesn't make them feel good. And I, I'm not saying lie, but you don't have to be like, hey, I need you to wear a condom because I'm having sex with like six other people right now. You know what I mean? Like just ask them to wear a condom and if they have a problem with it, say it's because you're you're having sex with multiple people and that will probably shut them up real fast. It's for their safety too if that, you know, if you are engaging in sex with multiple people. So that's kind of my approach to that. You don't have to say it, you know, wear protection, be smart, figure out what safety tips work for you and communicate it when you feel it's necessary without make like doing it in this like manipulative way that's going to make them feel really crappy about themselves or like they don't they don't matter because especially again if you're dating to find a relationship and you're dating multiple people you want the person you're dating to know you're really interested in them and you like declaring that you're having sex with like multiple other people will make them feel like you're not really invested. So it's tricky to navigate. So I'd say my approach was to go into the situation, just talking about SDIs and protection right away, not explicitly saying it's because I'm dating multiple people. Just the assumption is it's a new partner. You're going to wear protection. End of story. Again, you don't have to have sex with everyone you date. So just keep it in mind. All right. So let's get into some listener questions. There are a bunch of them. I'm going to go through a few. The first one is really important. How do you talk about sex without seeming like you're just trying to hook up? This is another reason why it's important to go on a few dates, more than three, before this comes up. You do not have to talk about sex on the first few dates. By date three, maybe you can talk about it in some way. And I think that if you state your intentions of why you're dating, why you're on the apps, why you're out there on these streets on the first date, like, hey, I'm looking for a relationship, and then later you talk about sex, it's pretty clear that you're not just trying to hook up. You know, I'd say make sure that you communicate why you are out there dating first before sex comes up so then they understand what you're really looking for. I think it's a great question. Another question is, this came up a lot actually, is I've never had penetrative sex. How do I mention it to someone I'm dating and attracted to without scaring them away? And how do I prepare to be physically, emotionally safe if we have sex? So the first question is like, how do I how do I tell them something that I'm insecure about without scaring them away? This is the thing. You might scare people away and that's a good thing. Anyone who's scared away by that isn't the person for you. Like if they're scared of that, good. Because you don't want to be with someone who's scared of that. You know, like you don't want to be with someone who's nervous about that. Um, I've been on that side, right? I have had, I've 
dated people who have only had one partner. Like they haven't ever really had sex before and it did not scare me. Like if I really like them. Um, you're going to have to talk about it at some point, right? I think so. At least uh, you might have to reveal that to them if you're nervous about it. And hopefully you can find someone that you feel safe enough to talk about it with, which again is another argument for making sure you have a few dates before you engage in any sexual activity. The second part of the question was, how do I prepare to be physically and emotionally safe if we have sex? So again, another reason to give it time to really get to know someone because that will create more safety versus diving into sex on the second or third date. In this case, I would wait a few weeks. I would really make sure that this person cares about you on a friend level, on a just a human level before engaging in sex. That is really going to help you. You know, commun- that's another reason why you really need to talk about this. If there's anything you're nervous about with sex, talk about it. Talking about it, making sure that the person you're with understands where you're coming from because the good ones will care about your experience. The good ones will, will want to make the experience as, as best as they can for you as a partner. So talk about it. It's going to feel awkward and weird, but I really hope and I believe that you can find someone who will make you feel safe enough to talk about it because you're an amazing person and someone's going to care about you and want to make sure that you feel safe in this situation. It, it makes it better. Safety just makes sex better. This one comes up a lot. Does early sex ruin a potential relationship or will a good connection weather it? This is just my opinion. Again, you're going to find a lot of exceptions to this, but I do think that sex too early can make it harder to start a relationship with that person because, again, sex is going to be better when there's more of a connection, which just takes more time. And if you have it too early, it's like you really have to kind of fake it and force it. Like I've had a lot of forced early sex. It just doesn't make me feel good about the person. Like I've never really had sex on a second date except for one person where it's like, damn, that was amazing. <laughs> except for this one person. Uh, but again, I didn't want a relationship with him. I do think that, again, you want to make sure to build that trust and establish that connection that you need to – build a foundation for your relationship. It just takes more time and having sex too early, I think gets in the way. Someone asked, do I let my freak flag fly right off or reveal more and more over time? So I definitely have a freak flag too. And I would say that you can just kind of like touch the conversation, just kind of gauge where they're at, like ask them if they've ever done this or ask them if they've ever thought about that and kind of like work just like ease into it, like in the conversation, just gauge where they're at. And I would say what's really important is for you, like, do you want to be with someone who has similar interests or do you want to, are you okay with someone who doesn't? So I'd say in the conversation, just ask questions, be curious, know what you're looking for, because then that's going to be easier for you to navigate. So I would say practice having those conversations. And so again, it's not, you're not like giving it all to them, but you're asking questions to see where they're at. And then you can like, See, if they're not open to talking about it, probably not a great sign for you. But if they ask you questions, that's a great sign. Love that. Someone asked, how do, ha- how do you have the safe sex combo? It's so awkward sometimes. It is awkward. It is a little awkward. And you need to be able, you need to be willing to sacrifice a little bit of the mood to make sure that you're on the same page about protection and testing and also your boundaries. Um, it's, it's definitely a little awkward and you kind of have to push through it. And uh, this is where being playful, lighthearted, and kind of like 
aware of how awkward it can be can helpful. Like, you know, if you can kind of laugh through it, obviously you want to take it seriously, but have some levity. Uh, if you can, obviously, depending on your history, if your history, if you have had some traumatic sexual experiences, which is very common, more common than I wish, like including for myself, um, it's even more important to communicate it. And it's even more important to let that connection build, the trust build before you uh, have sex with someone. But again, get ready for the awkwardness. It's a little awkward. It's okay, though. You got this. Someone asked, what the fuck do you say or do when the sex is bad when dating early on less than eight dates? Do you tell them or pretend? One, never pretend. As someone who used to fake orgasms for years, don't pretend. Don't pretend. The good thing about sex and relationships, if both people are open to it, you can improve. Don't tell them what they're doing wrong. Tell them how they can do it better. And again, my story, we'll get into this more. Sometimes it's just not going to work. But if you think there's potential, if you think that they are eager to be a better partner to you in this scenario, then you have to communicate what you want and need. If they're, I hope that I'm giving you some confidence. So this is a story. Don't listen to this if you don't want, you know, the details. This is a, you know, more than a PG-13 story. This is a rated R story. Okay. So I'm going to talk about number nine. This is someone I dated earlier on in my journey. Again, number nine, super early. I matched with this guy on Hinge and I thought he was really hot. Like very much my type physically. I typically went for thicker guys with big muscles. He was just so hot. Okay. And we got along pretty well. He was funny. He was definitely a little weird. This is unrelated to the sex part, but I think he was a little sheltered when it comes to food and culture. I'll never forget taking him to the cafe near me and we were looking at the pastries and he was like, what's fascia? And I'm like, do you mean focaccia? (laughs) I just was like, what? I was like bewildered. Okay, fine. Some people don't know what focaccia is. Fine. And then another time he ordered a savory croissant and he was very upset that it was salty. And I was like, you ordered a savory croissant. What did you expect? It was just pretty funny. There were a couple other situations like this, but this guy, like he just, he loved this cafe. He was also a macro counter, which if you know me, uh, I have like the whole intuitive eating thing on Murphy Clunch. So the macro counting thing just like wasn't great for me, but whatever. At that point, I was looking for a partner, to be honest, a long-term partner. Anyway, we had sex on our sixth date and that's when it really went to shit. First of all, this guy had the biggest dick I've ever seen, which is saying something because I've seen a lot of them. It's like the size where you see it and you're just scared. Like that is not going to fit anywhere. Things are going, and I really like to engage in oral sex before going all the way. And he then informs me that he doesn't like going down on girls. This is an immediate record scratch moment for me. Uh, I was like, oh, God, no, like I can't. But we kept going. And I like to give oral. He said he doesn't like receiving it. Again, okay, all right. It's not going to work, but that's fine. Not going to judge him. It's just not going to work for me. So we finally get to the main event, penetration. Not only is he just way too big, I'm also just not nearly warmed up enough and he only wants to go fast. I really felt like I was going to puke, to be honest. And I ran into this a lot in my experience. Like I said, I would say over and over, slow down. Not with just penetration, but like everything. And he just, they just didn't listen. It's like some guys have a default speed. Like, okay, maybe your ex like this, but every person's different. (laughs) Like I said. Needless to say, uh, that was my worst. Again, not bad, just kind of funny. Like, sexual experience we couldn't be more incompatible like i'm someone i can only climax from oral basically he doesn't like giving it 
I really enjoy giving head. He doesn't like getting it. Like, no, it's just never going to work. That was just the worst. So sometimes you're going to get, <laughs> again, that was after six days too. Like we had definitely established a connection and a rapport and we were, you know, it was flirty and there was banter and it was fun and he liked me. Uh, but after that I ended it and um, I have seen him around a few times at that bakery where he is ordering fascia and savory croissants. So <laughs> that's my story. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this intimate episode, and I hope that you try some of these tips out in your dating experience. Know your limits. Set the boundaries. Don't worry about their feelings. You have to be selfish here. You deserve to be safe. You deserve pleasure, but you have to learn to guide someone on how to give you that pleasure and make you feel safe. You're doing great. And once again, I'm Talia. This has been Dating Intentionally. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.